Good morning, Orlando. We greet you at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday with our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a federal judge blocks Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities, and Cassini prepares for a rendezvous with Saturn. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And guess who just found 14 billion bucks for Trump's wall? Next on Good Morning Orlando. Happy Hump Day at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. A federal judge in San Francisco is blocking President Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities. The executive order threatens to block federal funding to sanctuary cities that do not fully cooperate with federal immigration authorities. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has warned that sanctuary cities are harboring illegal immigrants who are dangerous criminals. In a somewhat confusing ruling, the judge said the government can still withhold federal grants from areas that do not comply with the law but not in a way that violates the Constitution. The ruling is expected to be appealed. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And I think ultimately it will prevail. I'll tell you some things in a moment, gang, about this judge. Stay with me. In the meantime, a Florida House bill which has penalties for officials in self-proclaimed sanctuary cities is moving forward in the House but does not appear to be going anywhere in the Senate. House Bill 697, which passed its last committee stop, calls for removing local officials in sanctuary cities if an illegal immigrant injures or kills someone in their jurisdiction. The bill also calls for cities and counties to fully comply with federal immigration laws. Those who object say the legislation is unconstitutional because it violates a person's right to due process. President Trump insists that a massive border wall will get built, but says, and Andy says there's plenty of time. In a White House photo op yesterday, Trump was asked if it would get built in his first term, and he said yes. In an earlier tweet, Trump rejected suggestions that he's changing his position on the wall. During a meeting with conservative reporters this week, Trump suggested that he's willing to wait for border wall funding until Republicans put together a budget for the next fiscal year. Democrats have threatened to hold up passage of a bill to keep the government running if it contains border wall dollars. The federal government runs out of money at week's end without a deal to extend funding. In a moment, we got a fully loaded Trump train talking about the wall, talking about the sanctuary cities you just brought us news of, um, and that ruling, and also tax cuts. Today, the president's coming up with his package, and we'll talk about what we believe we will be seeing, Deb. In local news, a Pulse nightclub memorial is being planned at the site of America's worst mass shooting. Pulse owner Barbara Poma announced yesterday that she'll make plans for a permanent fixture at the South Orange Avenue site public next week on May 4th. The city of Orlando offered to purchase the Pulse nightclub property last year and offered that Poma declined for the gay nightclub she opened in honor of her late brother. The Sunshine State's latest attempt to get rid of an invasive species has one local expert uh, shocked. It's raising a lot of eyebrows around Florida. The Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission announced this week prizes like T-shirts and gas cards for anyone who captures and humanely kills a python. But Bradenton python hunter Bill Booth isn't sure that's such a great idea, but he does have some advice for anyone who wants to try capturing a python. He tells the Tampa Bay Times it's not easy to find a python, first of all, and then if you do, be prepared to get bit Mm. and make sure you stay on dry ground because that's where you'll have less of a chance of being killed. 
So they're giving prizes. We're getting into this in the 7 o'clock hour because I flat can't believe this. Prizes for amateur hunters to go out and risk their lives to get these pythons. Yeah. And yet they'll lock you up if you kill a bear. Anyway, we're getting into that interesting um, irony at 7 o'clock. It's not ironic. Don't smirk at me about the bears now, Deppmeister. Wait till you hear how I present this. You'll love it. This is science. Bears are an indigenous species. Pythons (laughs) are not. I agree with that. So they're an, of course, they're an invasive species. They're they're wrecking the ecosystem. Bears have been here. We we also hunt a lot of indigenous species. A lot of them. More coming at 7, Deb, okay? And finally, after 13 years orbiting Saturn, the Cassini spacecraft is preparing for its grand finale. Today, it starts a series of maneuvers that will ultimately send the craft flying through the rings of Saturn before crashing into the gas giant. Cassini, named after a 17th century astronomer, has sent back incredible photos and data to Earth since its launch in 1997. Cassini was launched on October 5, 1997, aboard a Titan rocket from the Space Coast and entered orbit around Saturn on July 1, 2004, after an interplanetary voyage That included flybys of Earth, Venus, and Jupiter. The probe's final exit is expected in September. Very exciting when you told us, I think, last week that the upcoming fly-through on the rings of Saturn that's never been done was coming, and today's the day. Today's the day. Can't wait to see what images they are. Great stuff. WFLA News Time 606. Time is running out to check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000-watt front porch logo contest. Get some great swag and bragging rights. Find out all the info at 1025. WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. With a damn Meister, the butt man, and the birthday boy. Happy Yay. birthday. Happy birthday. Yaffy. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Wow, terrific. Yep. Thank you very much. We're going to have, uh, well, who knows? We might have a little celebration a little bit later on, but we got to get to the news and we got to get to the talk topics. And boy, you set the table, Deb. We got all kinds of stuff going on, particularly weighted, uh, related to the Trump presidency. And, um, and again, my big teaser is you will not believe, because I didn't believe it, who has come up with what might be the salvation of Trump's wall in terms of funding. It's an amazing story. We've got it. It's coming right up. It's the Wednesday edition, the Yaffe birthday edition of Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. We're diving in. Good morning, Orlando at 6.08. We'll get right to all of this and have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well in just two minutes on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. All right, we're taking the Trump train apart one car at a time here this morning. Uh, Deb brought you the news of this liberal Ninth Circuit California judge, no surprise there, blocking Trump's order on sanctuary city money. More on where this judge is coming from politically in a moment. They've got to dismantle the Ninth Circuit. It can be done and it needs to be done. They're, They're such outliers you know, and 80% of the rulings ultimately get overturned. I think this will be overturned, you know, just like the ban on those people coming from these Middle Eastern countries with a, a component of radical Islamic terrorists within them that we can't vet. I believe ultimately the Supreme Court will overturn that, and I believe this as well. But at any rate, the judge a ruling on this is Judge William Oreck III out of San Francisco who said that Trump's order targeted broad categories of federal funding for sanctuary governments, 
you know, essentially saying that unless unless cities turned over illegal aliens that they know are within their population to federal immigration officials to deal with them, unless they would do that, that they would lose federal funding. The judge says it's all too broad an order. Now, who is this judge? Well, it's very, very interesting. Judge Oreck is a big-time liberal and a big-time Obama donor and campaigner. He's donated more than $30,000 to groups supporting Obama during his presidential runs and raised at least $200,000 for the then-president. No surprise where he was coming from on a Trump executive order. Now to the wall. It looked like Trump had caved. Rush was really unhappy with him. I was unhappy with him. Mark Levin was working him over for getting weak knees and not standing up for wall funding uh, as we head for the government shutdown and, and, and legislation needs to get passed to prevent that this weekend. Well, here's President Trump yesterday in a montage, kind of uh, one of these uh, deals where Reporters are shouting across the room at him, and he's doing something else at the White House at the same time. Here's the president on whether he's still committed to building a wall along our southern border. The wall's going to get built. They'll start soon. Soon. Thank you. We're already preparing. We're doing plans. We're doing specifications. In your first term. Well, it's certainly going to, yeah, yeah, sure. In your first term. We have plenty of time. Got a lot of time. All right. I don't like the idea of that. That gives them like three or four years worth of time. We need the wall, and we need it a lot sooner than that. Now, the money is the issue, right? Guess who's coming to the rescue of Donald Trump, one of his arch enemies during the primary campaign? Lion Ted Cruz, as Trump used to call the Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Are you with me on this? Senator Cruz, what a story has introduced a bill calling for the use of $14 billion seized from the drug cartel Kingpin El Chapo, who's been extradited to the United States. And he wants that money to be used for Trump's wall. Trump says he can build a wall across the southern border for $12 million, I think, is the last number I saw. Some estimates are $25 million up. At the very least, this would be an enormous down payment. Who would have an argument with this? Here is what Cruz says. 14 bill will go a long way toward building a wall that will keep Americans safe and hinder the illegal flow of drugs, weapons, and individuals across our southern border, ensuring the safety and security of my state, Texas, among my top priorities. He says that leveraging criminally forfeited assets from El Chapo and other Mexican cartel members and drug dealers can offset the wall's cost, make meaningful progress toward achieving President Trump's stated border security objectives. This is Lion Ted Cruz. You gotta love this. Cruz has introduced legislation that actually plays to El Chapo as an acronym. E-L-C-H-A-P-O. It's Cruz's ensuring lawful collection of hidden assets to provide order. El Chapo Act. Wow. He introduced it yesterday. Says the U.S. government is currently seeking the criminal forfeiture of more than $14 billion in drug proceeds and illicit profits from El Chapo. Amazing. Now, why would the Democrats object to that? I'm sure they'll find a way because, my God, we can't give Trump anything he wants, and we're certainly not going to allow him to have the wall, a cornerstone of his campaign. 
They're going to say, I can almost hear it right now. No, we must use the drug money from El Chapo for drug treatment programs for our drug-addicted people in our inner cities. I guarantee you that's where he'll come from. Seems to me, though, this has got terrific merit to it. Can you imagine the irony of Ted Cruz, archenemy of Trump during the primary season, pulling his cookies out of the fire and funding for the wall? What are your thoughts on that? 407-916-5400. In a moment, the Trump tax cut plan. I like some of what I see, but I'm worried about what I do not expect to see when this is fully revealed later on today. And um, how about somebody to just list the accomplishments of this president in his first 100 days? We have just that person in a moment. So, you want to comment on the Trump train? As I say, fully loaded to overflowing this morning. 407-916-5400. How about that that, um, cruise plan to fund the wall with drug money from El Chapo? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Woo! I'm fired up. And I've just begun. Big problem for me. I want to see spending cuts along with tax cuts, and I don't see any appetite for it in Congress. I don't see any appetite for it or even mention of it from the president, although Yaffe, during the campaign, he said, give me two terms, eight years, and I can pare down the national debt and pay it off to the tune of nearly $20 trillion. There's no way to do that if he refuses to revive or revive revise entitlements that that has to happen he won't go there he says he won't go there and i don't see anything in what's going on now in washington with this tax reform tax cut package that indicates there's anything in there significant about cutting down on spending i don't see it and i'm not expecting it today at some point we got to get real yeah i completely agree with you i mean he actually wants to increase spending in a lot of areas for infrastructure and other things. Military, of course. Yeah, so that, so that creates more problems with yeah. the national debt. What do you think of uh, the Ted Cruz plan to use El Chapo <laughs> uh, drug-seized money, 14 bill, uh, to build uh, Trump's wall? I mean, i got to love that. He's actually introduced legislation. It's not just a, a casual offhand comment. He introduced legislation. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I saw last night on his Twitter, and I was like, oh, okay, I, we have to talk about this. We do. <laughs> it's great. How do you think it'll play in Congress? I think. It, oh, they I, won't. They'll find a way to block it. Yeah. So we got to use that money for other things, right? Yeah. yeah. And they'll say it's just a political stunt or whatever. Yeah, well, anything... part of it is he is running for re-election in 18, and I think in Texas that may play well along the border. Yeah, but he's always been for securing the border as well. Right. So. Yeah. So I think it's great. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, what strange bello- bedfellows that uh, politics can make, as Shakespeare once said so many centuries ago. I mean, Lion Ted. I mean, he just worked Cruz over unmercifully uh, during the campaign, and now Cruz has got a plan to pull his cookies out of the fire on the wall funding, you know? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, um, let me bring on Frank from Deltona, who's been listening to the um, – to the plan out there by Ted Cruz to fund the wall with El Chapo drug money. What about it, Frank? I'll tell you what. Uh, what a terrific individual. I have his button right here. I, I was thoroughly behind him. Courageous conservative. It's an outstanding idea. You know, we're going to use that drug money yeah. for good use. 
I hope we can make it work. I can't wait to see what Schumer and Pelosi have to say. And, uh, you know, yeah. and, 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 but you know what? If, if you could get Republican backing, you just might be able to get this thing done no matter what they say. Frank, thank you. I think you're absolutely right. You know, you listen to the mainstream media, you watch the anti-Trump mainstream media, you think his first 100 days have been a disaster. Until you begin to put the accomplishments back to back to back to back to back to back, which Press Secretary Sean Spicer did yesterday in the press briefing. Listen to this. From the moment he took office, the president has been taking action and putting America back to work by putting the, people's gov- the people back into the government. Despite the historic obstruction by Senate Democrats, he's worked with Congress to pass more legislation in his first 100 days than any president since Truman. He signed an historic 13 Congressional Review Acts uh, to clear unnecessary regulations. He has signed 28 pieces of legislation. The president has made 68 calls with 38 different world leaders and hosted a total of 16 bilateral meetings. The president has rebuilt America's standing in the world. The president and his extraordinary qualified cabinet have made incredible progress in just these first 100 days. But this is just the beginning. There you go. You don't quite hear it that way, do you? On CNN and MSNBC and on and on and on. You don't read it that way in the New York Times or the Washington Post. There's a lot of great things happening in the first 100 days, unlike any other in any presidency, certainly in my lifetime and maybe forever. You know what? I'm all excited about Deb's news update. She's over there pounding on her keyboard at the speed of light. Are we ready to go? We are ready. Take it. You got it. The White House is slamming a federal judge's ruling that blocks President Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities. White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus told reporters yesterday that the ruling by a judge and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is an example of that court, quote, going bananas. He said the Trump administration will appeal the ruling and that they expect it to eventually be overturned. The executive order threatened to block federal funding to sanctuary cities that do not fully cooperate with federal immigration authorities. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two-time NASCAR Daytona 500 champion Dale Earnhardt Jr. has announced that he's calling it quits at the end of the season. After 18 seasons and over 600 races, Earnhardt says that after a series of health scares, he wanted to go out on his own terms. You're wondering why I reached this decision it's really simple i just wanted the opportunity to go out on my own terms i wanted to honor my commitment to rick to my sponsors uh, to my team and to the fans earnhardt missed much of last season because of a concussion like symptoms and said that this time off during rehab was a major factor in his decision he said he had asked his doctor do I retire or do I keep racing? And, you know, as a good doctor, he said that's a decision that can you know, only be up to you. And he decided yeah. after this latest uh, wreck, I think it was just this week where he hit the wall. Oh, yeah. And they think he, you know, suffered another concussion. Not He's like, good. Yeah, not good. He's already uh, going to be donating his brain to science. Oh, my goodness. After he dies so that they can study, again, CTE which is that concussion-related encephalopathy, I think is what it is. Right, which we, which we see in football players yep. primarily. But yep. he's really taken some hits yeah. on, on crashes that he has, of course, survived. He's only 42, uh, has plenty of money. I think it's a good call, even though it's a huge loss for NASCAR and, and their fans. It really is, because now they're you know kind of a vacuum when it comes to the big stars. But he is a newlywed, so you can't blame him. 
Former President George H.W. Uh, Bush will likely be released from the hospital by the end of the week. A statement from the 92-year-old's doctor says Bush 41 is still fighting the effects of chronic bronchitis, though he's recovered from the pneumonia that first landed him in the hospital. Doctors continue watching his cough and breathing, and once he's home, he'll continue getting aggressive respiratory treatment. Bush was admitted to the hospital earlier this month. In the meantime, Jeb Bush and Derek Jeter may be going into business together. Bloomberg reports the former Florida governor and former New York Yankees great are leading a group of investors that has won the auction to purchase the Miami Marlins. The price of the team hasn't yet uh, been released, but current Marlins owner Jeffrey Loria was reportedly asking for a cool $1.5 billion. Loria purchased the Marlins in 2002 for a paltry $158 million. The sale still needs to be approved by Major League Baseball. Bush served as governor of Florida from 1999 to 2007. His brother, former President George W. Bush, was part owner of the Texas Rangers from 89 to 98. Jeter, who retired in 2014 after 20 seasons with the Yankees, has long talked about owning a team as his bucket list item. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Deb. And we continue by checking in in New York City in a Bloomberg newsroom where we find Gina Cervetti ready to go with the daily Bloomberg business report. And good Wednesday morning to you, Gina. But good Wednesday to you. Man, stock prices continue to soar. What can you tell us? Right. Well, this morning we have the futures edging a little bit higher here. We could be headed for a higher open. Not a whole lot of economic uh, data to watch for today, but other things that we'll get to in a minute. But yesterday on Wall Street, we did have another rally as investors assess corporate earnings, including those from McDonald's, which beat estimates. We're also awaiting that tax plan from the White House. And the Nasdaq closed above 6,000 for the very first time. It rose 42 points to 6,025. The Dow jumped 232 to 20,996. The S&P was up 14 points or six-tenths percent to 23.89. We had purchases of new single-family homes rising almost 6% in March, and that was an eight-month high. Yeah. Now, you referenced a few things that Bloomberg has the rise on coming up later on today. What can you tell us, Gina? Well, we're watching for the president's tax plans, which include a 10% tax on more than $2.6 trillion in earnings that U.S. companies have stockpiled offshore. His plans include slashing the corporate tax rate from 35 to 15% and cutting the top income tax rate on so-called pass-through businesses from more than 39% down to 15%. This is a category that includes mom-and-pop grocers. Mm-hmm. We're also watching for more earnings today from Hershey, Procter & Gamble, Twitter, Boeing, and PayPal, among others. So a lot of companies that we all know. And anticipation of these tax cuts has really been um, uh, driving the market's uh, upward swing pretty much, hasn't it? I mean, Wall Street loves this stuff. We're seeing financials rallying here, but we're seeing them logging some pretty nice gains. Absolutely. And let's get into the soda industry right now. How's number two, Pepsi, doing? Well, price increases, cost cuts, and healthier snacks are helping Pepsi maintain its growth at a time when many consumers are shifting away from the traditional sodas and chips. The giant, which sells food and beverages, of course, sells Ruffles chips and Mountain Dew, posted earnings of 94 cents a share in the first quarter, and that just beat analyst estimates. And Chipotle has had some problems. You know, people stopped going there. There was all kinds of concerns about... uh, I, I don't know, some sickness-related um, mm-hmm. uh, a- aspects of, uh, of their food operation here. How is Chipotle doing? 
Chipotle is starting to improve, but it's rising in pre-market trading the shares are after the burrito chain's sales finally started to bounce back from that food safety crisis that started two years ago. Same store sales, which is an important measure of sales, rose almost 18% in the first quarter, and through yesterday's close, the shares have now gained 25% for the year. Okay, Gina Cervetti with our Bloomberg Business Report. We're all up to date. Great job as always, and we'll catch you tomorrow, Gina. All right, bud. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah, good deal. I told you that we finally suddenly have a budget deal in Tallahassee. I'll tell you what's in this mammoth piece of legislation they have finally agreed on in just a moment. We'll have that and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Politics makes strange bedfellows, as Shakespeare once famously said yesterday. The head of the Florida Senate, Joe Negrin, the House Speaker, Richard Corcoran, they were blasting each other. They couldn't get together on a spending plan, and the only thing the Florida Constitution mandates be done in each annual legislative session is the passing of a budget. Has to be passed by the 1st of July to take effect for the upcoming fiscal year. They couldn't get together. Corcoran was calling Negron a a Pelosi-like liberal, and uh, Negron wasn't happy with him. And now all of a sudden last night, they buried the hatchet somewhere other than in each other's backs (laughs) and came up with a deal. The final budget at about $83 billion in spending here in Florida which would make it the biggest ever, about a billion more than this current fiscal year. I don't like to see that. The House plan was down around 81. The the Senate plan was at about 85 and pork-laden all over the place. You know, there are, there are liberals masking as conservatives in the Florida Senate, and it's a real problem when it comes to runaway government spending. They met in the middle at $83 billion dollars. Um, Senate President Negron got his top priority, uh, and it is for um, buying land outside Lake Okeechobee to build an enormous reservoir to store polluted water there and prevent it from seeping into South Florida waterways, okay? There's also money for uh, more spending on higher education in the state of Florida. When you look at it from the House side, House Speaker Corcoran got his pet project, which we support. $200 million for these so-called schools of hope that would entice charter school operators in other states, the very best in the charter school realm nationally, to come in here to Florida and set up shop and compete with chronically failing public schools. This funds that operation, and we do support that. Now, it's interesting. Governor Scott's not going to like this. He's down in the Southern Hemisphere trying to, uh, you know, court jobs here out of Argentina for the state of Florida. Um, And he got really hammered. He got really hammered. He wanted $618 million in tax cuts aimed mostly at businesses. Governor didn't get any of that that we can see. And also, you know, these agencies, Enterprise Florida and um, and Visit Florida, that that, that, um, they, they basically promote tourism here. He wanted all kinds of money, and he got absolutely nothing for Enterprise Florida. And uh, Visit Florida, that promotes tourism, um, went from $76 million in the current budget down to 25 mil. Yaffe, the governor is going to be getting um, heartburn from something other than the, uh, you know, than the spicy food in Argentina. 
You know, I think 25 million is enough, though. I mean, give me 25 million yeah. and I will create the best Florida marketing website platform <laughs> you have ever seen. <laughs> anyway, they're going to get together on the final budget. They have to have it in place by next Tuesday because there's a requirement in the Constitution of a 72 hour cooling off period before you actually vote on the budget. And uh, they will do that by May 5th, which is a week from Friday when the session is to adjourn. So it looks like it got a deal. If you were looking for the conservatives to fully win the day and rein in uh, government spending, well, you don't see that. But they met in the middle, which is kind of where I thought this thing, if they could work it out, would finally be. Paper or plastic? I always want the plastic bags. What about you, Yaffe? Yes, every single time. Plastic bag? Paper bags are annoying. Yes. There's a move to ban plastic bags that you like when you go shopping statewide. There's some legislation creeping along through the um, halls of power in Tallahassee, and it's all pegged to one particular Florida city that has banned plastic. How would you feel about that? We uh, We got some environmentalists here who think that we can save the planet by banning plastic bags we're against this and we'll tell you what's going on in a moment we'd like to know what you think is it time to ban the bag in florida or not 407-916-5400 text line 23680 don't tell us we don't cover the big stories the bag ban clear and present danger we gotta stop this Down in South Florida in the posh community of Coral Gables, which, by the way, they call themselves the city beautiful. I thought that was Orlando's handle. But anyway, Coral Gables, that's what they call themselves, okay? Home of the beautiful people down there. And they have given initial approval to an ordinance that would make them the first city in Florida with a plastic bag ban, okay? Paper or plastic? No plastic. This is where they want to go in Coral Gables. Good for the environment, they say. Um, They've given initial approval to an ordinance prohibiting plastic bags being used by retailers, and hence it would be unavailable to you, the customer, wherever you shop. Final vote on this coming up on the 8th of May. And um, if they do enact that bag ban, it would be operating in defiance of existing state regulations on this, but maybe not for long. There's a couple of bills in the state legislature poised to allow cities across Florida to legally join Coral Gables um, in banning plastic bags. Would you support the plastic bag ban? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Love to hear from you. I can tell you that 23 states um, have proposed legislation regulating the retail use of plastic bags. This in 2015 and 2016 And the only laws that passed, actually, for bag bans were in Arizona, Idaho, and Missouri. California got into this earlier. No surprise there. The oldest statewide plastic bag ban California's passed in 2014. Um, Listen, I just don't think this is a big environmental issue. These plastic bags um, are are completely 100% recyclable, and they are convenient, and people want them, and people ought to be able to have the choice to have them. Where are you on that, Yaffe? Um, yeah, just keep the bags. Come on, I'm so sick of all this. Every, it seems like everything now is somehow destroying the planet. So we switch to paper bags. Then what happens? We have to cut down a bunch of trees to have paper bags. So they're not going to want paper bags. So we need these cloth bags. Well, cloth bags spread diseases. 
which has caused problems in some cities. Man, so. That's absolutely been a problem. So people keep on using them and using them and using yes. them, you know, and then they get dirty. It's ridiculous. You know, we we must have hundreds of these plastic bags with the supermarket and the pharmacy primarily, okay? And there's actually a bag bag that you can buy. My wife has it. Yeah. And you stuff My it full of this and you kind of pull it out of the bottom mm-hmm. like a dispenser. Yep. You can hide a gazillion of these things in, in something that's about the size of a large thermos bottle. I mean, I just don't have a problem with this. I don't think it's a big environmental issue. But there are those who believe we need the ban on plastic bags. Chip, it says you're la- you feel that way as you join us from Oviedo. And good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning to you guys. Great show. I'm not a tree hugger, and I'm with you guys. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sick of all these regulations. But, but uh-oh. I, had bu- I had a buddy of mine take me out offshore fishing. And it was the first time I ever went out there. And we got out in the jet stream. And I couldn't believe my eyes. The plastic bottles, the plastic bags floating in the ocean uh, out in the jet stream. Really? Is al- oh, it's alarming. Um, I then saw, just by coincidence, there was a show not too long ago about the Florida wildlife and how many turtles and birds and so on and so forth that actually eat uh, all the little plastic little um, things because they think it's food and how it's uh, affecting their habitat. Anyways, um, we've got to develop something that just decomposes um, in the environment. Uh, plastic stays on Earth for 30, 40, 50, sometimes 100 years. Uh, oh, some of this stuff, I have to admit, will actually out, outlive the pyramids. I mean, there isn't any doubt about that. Um, I, you know, we know the problem with fish line and what it can do to uh, birds, et cetera, et cetera. But you're seeing all of this stuff way out in the jet stream. Isn't that an issue if we've got to educate people and change behavior as opposed to eliminating what people want to use? If they use them responsibly, that stuff doesn't wind up out there, does it? You're exactly right. But, you know, education um, just doesn't fly with some people. It's the convenience of just throwing something away. And um, just drive down the road, look in the ditches, look in the side roads, look in the fence lines. Just filled with those plastic things floating around. But I don't know why I should be penalized or Yaffe or you um, and, and, and inconvenience. This is a product that we want by, by idiots uh, out there who don't do what they should do. Why should I be penalized? That's a good debate. I, I don't have the answer. But All it right. seems like we can go to the moon. We can. We got nuclear bombs. We, we, we're pretty technology savvy. It yeah. seems like we could come up with something that can decompose. Yeah. On Earth, and we I, I think I think that's a great point, and I think that is needed, and it's kind of shocking that we haven't gotten there yet. At least I'm not aware that we have. Chip, I really appreciate you bringing that dimension to the bag ban controversy here uh, on the fifty thousand watt front porch. As we join you from the front gate Realty Studio, visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Deb's coming up with the news here at the top of the hour. More on the federal judge blocking President Trump's executive order in sanctuary cities. And the whiskey and Wheaties bill ready for a vote in Tallahassee. What's that all about? We'll find out. But first, your chance to win $1,000 cold cash in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the keyword. And good morning. It's 7 o'clock. 
Good morning, Orlando. Glad you're with us here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on a beautiful Wednesday morning as we bring you the very latest we have on Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, a federal judge blocks Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities and the Whiskey and Wheaties bill is ready for a vote. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. You gotta love Florida. Anybody can now hunt a python, but nobody can hunt a black bear. Can we please talk about this next on Good Morning Orlando? Happy Hump Day at 7.04 on News Radio 1025. San Francisco City Attorney is cheering a federal judge's block a ruling that blocks President Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities. This is why we have courts halt the overreach of a president and attorney general who either don't understand the Constitution or choose to ignore it. The executive order threatens to block federal funding to sanctuary cities that do not fully cooperate with federal immigration authorities. But city attorney Dennis Herrera said yesterday that the city's decision to take the Trump administration to court protected billions of dollars in funding to cities across the country. He said it was important for the city to stand up to injustice, even if that means taking on the White House. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The undocumented immigrant population in the U.S., meanwhile, remains relatively unchanged for the eighth straight year. A new report from the Pew Research Center out this week puts the number at around 11 million people. The report credits the improvement of the Mexican economy and additional border security for the relative stability. The Whiskey and Wheaties bill is ready for a final vote in the Florida House today. It repeals a law dating back to the 1930s that says hard liquor cannot be sold in grocery stores unless there's a wall between the food and the booze. Independent liquor store owners say they can't compete with the likes of Target and Walmart, but Representative Brian Avila says they can. There are 29 states that currently sell spirits in the main stores. The small businesses in those jurisdictions have continued to compete. There has not been any sort of decrease in the number of small independent liquor stores in those jurisdictions. Backers of the Whiskey and Wheaties bill fought off several amendments that could have killed it, and they have more than enough votes to send it to the governor. Governor Rick Scott is on board with ride-sharing. The governor, who's in Argentina this week heading a trade mission, tweeted his support for ride-sharing legislation that received a 36-to-1 vote in the Senate last week after earlier passing the House. Unanimously approved by the House, the measure institutes statewide rules for transportation network companies such as Uber and Lyft. It's been controversial, though, because it would prevent local governments from imposing regulations on the industry. And if this bill does pass you uh, would be able to get an Uber at the airport. Absolutely, which you can't do right now because the city's in the taxi cab business along with Mears. They got a monopoly. They like it. The rates are much higher than Uber and Lyft. They don't want the competition, but here it comes, and we have supported that from the 50,000-watt front porch, the Uber bill. And it's not only the airport officials that won't let you pick up Uber, but a lot of the hotels around the airport have caught on that a lot of people will simply get their Uber there. They'll take a free airport shuttle to the hotel. Oh, really? And then get their Uber there because you can't get an Uber at the airport. I didn't know that. A lot of hotels now are asking for your last name to make sure you're a registered guest so you're not there simply picking up an Uber. Got it. So they've really made it very difficult to try and get or, or get yeah. an Uber from the airport, and it's such a convenient transportation 
method if you've got family or friends coming into town. And we support free markets, competition, absolutely, and uh, and 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 that's the way it should work. And I'm glad they're clear in the decks to let that happen. I am as well. And finally, a local project, but is at the center of a war of words between two of Florida's most powerful lawmakers. House Speaker Richard Corcoran of Land of Lakes has criticized the state Senate for pork barrel spending. But Clearwater Senator Jack Latvala is accusing Corcoran of pushing his own pork barrel project. Corcoran is pushing a $4 million forensics lab in Land O'Lakes for the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. Latvala says it's a case of, quote, do as I say, not as I do. But Corcoran tells the Times-Herald the lab would benefit the whole state. Yeah, well, that's what they'll all say, and they all do it to curry favor with the folks back home so they can get reelected time after time. But the Senate is clearly worse. They're more liberal up there, and they are big spenders in Tallahassee, even though they call themselves conservatives. But they do it on both sides. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and we're, you know, this this could be part of the reason why we are going to be going into an overtime, a special session of the legislative session, because they remain, you well, know. No, no, no. I thought that they had reached a deal last night. Well, they night. had reached a deal, but with the governor in Argentina this week, I just, I, oh, I worry about they, the negotiations. Well, we'll have to see. But at any rate, more on that coming up. Yeah, WFLA News Time at 7.08, and time is running out. You've just got a few more days left to check out News Radio 1025 WFLA's 50,000 watt front porch logo contest. We want to see what your vision of the front porch looks like. Get all the details at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Yeah, send in your entry because you can win fabulous prizes. And if you depict the 50,000-watt front porch as it is in your mind better than anybody else does, we will use your vision of it in our promotional campaigns moving forward. It's exciting stuff. It's the Deb Meister, the Bud Man, and the birthday boy, Yaffe. Happy birthday, Yaffe. Thank you, Bud. I'm oh. getting old. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was your age. Actually, I, that's a lie. I'm not sure I really do, to be <laughs> honest with you. But uh, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. You're terrific. And many, many more. You're an awesome guy and a great executive producer, Yaffe. In a moment, what kind of insanity is this? Only in Florida would the green light be given for anybody anybody to go hunt down deadly pythons while nobody can hunt a black bear without being fined or locked up. What is the deal with that? We'll talk about it in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I think the folks in Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commissions have lost their collective minds here. First of all, despite the exploding black bear population and far too many interactions between these wild animals, the biggest land animals in Florida, and and people, they decided that there just wasn't enough public support in the polling to have an annual bear hunt resumed. So there'll be no bear hunt for at least two years. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're caving the polling on this thing. You need to do what's right. There are so many animals, wild animals, where we have regular hunting season, deer, rabbits, you name it, but we can't hunt black bears because we've got the, you know, the teddy bear hugger crowd out there that comes unglued when you think about killing bears. Sorry, it's what you have to do to manage wild animal populations, bears included. And here's where they really lost their minds. They've now decided that anybody, not just professional hunters, but anybody who wants to, 
can go down into the Everglades and hunt these huge, deadly python snakes, an invasive species taking over the Everglades and killing everything else. It's a huge problem. There are thousands, tens of thousands of them now, and they're breeding more all the time. I get that. But to allow anyone to go down and try and hunt these deadly snakes, risking their own lives with no experience at all, is absolutely insane and irresponsible. And worse yet, they're actually offering prizes. I mean, they're offering prizes, gas cards, T-shirts. If you can kill a snake and prove it with a photograph. These are enormous snakes. A professional python hunter out of Bradenton, Bill Booth, was talking to the Tampa Bay Times newspaper. He said he doesn't think this is a good idea. He says it's not easy to find a python, and if you do, be prepared to get bitten and stay on dry ground where you have less of a chance of being killed by these monsters. So in Florida, you can now hunt pythons, anybody, for prizes from the state. But if you were to go out, and you don't have to kill a black bear, just attempt to, or, or, or do something with it. There's a bear rule here that can get you fined and locked up. This is totally nuts. How in the world do they reach these decisions? What in the world are they smoking in the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission? This makes no sense to me. What about to you? I've got Eddie on the line. Yaffe says it's a great call, and we're going to take it in a moment. Got an idea to solve both the bear and the bite python problem. I'd like to know what you think about this. Does this make any sense? This is dangerous to unleash amateurs to go hunt these pythons and to give away prizes when you'll fine and lock people up for going after a black bear? This is nuts. What do you think? 407-916-5400 is my number. Text line 23680. We need to talk about this. Maybe I'm the only one who sees it this way, but uh, this is making me crazy. So let's see where you stand. As we continue for the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We got a problem with the exploding black bear population. We're not allowed to have a hunt. And with these invasive pythons that are destroying everything and taking over the Everglades, no question we have a problem with these critters. Eddie's going to solve both the bear and the python problem. Eddie, good morning from Orlando. Good morning, bud. I think we can get you and the Debmeister to to get a handshake on this one here where we can fix this problem. Uh, go ahead and uh, get the bears and trap them. Carry them down to the Everglades. Get, a, get them hooked on python meat and then set them loose. <laughs> Bingo. I love that. You know, simple solutions for simple problems. Eddie, thank you very much. But Yaffe, there's no way to make peace with the Debmeister when I start talking about the need for a bear hunt. Did you see the way she looks at me? It's flat scary. What do you think about all of this? Um, I I agree with you. I think we're just so overly sensitive with the whole bear hunt thing. Ford Fish and Wildlife says we need to hunt them. They're overpopulated. We can hunt them. It can be a controlled hunt with limits, but hunt them. 
for this, you know. Yeah, but but now they're going to give prizes away and let anybody go down and go after the pythons. This is flat, potentially deadly, dangerous to allow nah. people to do that. I'm not and with you on that. Let them do it. Really? Yeah, let them do it. I, I'm. I, 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 you know. All right. If they if they want to take the risk, okay. I I, I have to admit I, I don't care if All they right. want to do it. That's fine. What about the text line while we're at it in the control room? You've got a good eye view of that. Oh uh, yeah, one person says, as for the python hunt. You must take a Python hunting safety course. I did not hear that. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know that that's at all true. Based on what I read in the Sunshine State News here, I don't know that you have to take any kind of a course now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. See I'd it. have to. I'd have to look that up. Another person. Uh, some people are making the point that bears are not an invasive species like pythons. So what? So, we have an overpopulation problem. The solution I'm, I'm is you, you hunt the you hunt the wild animal, and that's the bear. Plus, okay? ba- you know, there was one time when bears it's, weren't here either. It's all I'm psychological, sure. Yaffe. People hate snakes, mm-hmm. and they love teddy bears. Yes, and and that is driving, I really, I really think that a is lot of driving it is. the disparity and the insanity. It really is. Let's go to Carlos in Winter Springs. You're on with a Budman. Good morning, Carlos. Oh, that's not fair. You can't call us insane because we like our native black bear as opposed to a python oh you go you love you love teddy bears you don't want to hunt teddy bears no i'm not a tree hugger i'm not a tree hugger i just love nature (laughs) i love being outside sure i would like to go a popka and and one you know i was actually in the shenandoah mountains going down a trail and i saw a little family of bears and it was actually two cubs and a mother and Mm -hmm. nothing happened to me good okay so that is that's ridiculous and yes for the pythons and iguanas that's another thing iguanas down there they don't really talk about that but they're everywhere my aunt the backyard canal they're swimming around eating up the fish you know you know it's 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 invasive it doesn't belong here yeah okay it's, it's destroying the habitat in in the everglades but do you do you think it told you that but what a, wait a minute wait a minute wait carlos stop what do you what about the idea that they're going to let amateurs go down there to hunt these deadly critters and give them prizes if they catch one? Does that make any uh, sense? Now you're assuming you're assuming that it's going to be a bunch of amateurs now. What if it's hunters doing this? But it, but they they've opened it up to everybody now. Anybody oh, can well, go I'm down not there. I'm going to go do it. I don't want to go get bit by a python. I know how big they are. They're constrictors. I don't want to suffocate to death. That doesn't seem like a good so, way now, to go. So now it just <laughs> All right, Carlos, thank you. I couldn't agree less. Okay? Come on, bud. Freedom. What? I'm, freedom. I, Let them have the freedom to do it. Come okay. on, you're, you're a man. Then of why don't we liberty. have the freedom to kill black bears? We have an I'm overpopulation problem. I'm with you there. You're just baiting me, Yaffe. That's what's <laughs> going on in there, birthday boy. All right, Cameron in Orlando. Next up, good morning, Cameron. Good morning, bud, and good morning, Yaffe. Uh, first-time caller. But, yes, I was calling on the heels of a weekend where people took to the streets to march for science. It seems to me that the field biologists, are producing solid scientific data and people are choosing to ignore the same group who claims we need to listen to scientists they're choosing to ignore the field data of scientists in favor of an emotional reaction and i think that's the heart of the hypocrisy of the anti-bear hunters well okay where do you stand on the fact we can't hunt bears without being fined or locked up and yet anybody can go down risk their own lives and win prizes hunting Python snakes. On to to that, I would say uh, we already have uh, legal uh, and controlled gator hunting, and I think that the the stakes of hunting a gator when that situation goes wrong are probably just as high, if not higher, than that of hunting a python. And we have very few yeah. uh, negative incidents during gator hunts. All right, thank you, sir, very much. 
I'm going to turn it over to Deborah Roberts here. She isn't in here yet, so I don't have to get the daggers, you know, when I talk about a bear hunt here. We're just not going to talk about this. We're just going to let her do the news here in a moment, and nobody does it better, the Deb Meister. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Here she comes. She's got a story about uh, the federal judge blocking President Trump's executive order in sanctuary cities. We've been talking about it. She's got more. How much would you pay for a set of designer, a pair of designer fake muddy jeans? You won't believe what the going rate is. Coming up. Good morning, Orlando. It's 7.30 now. Yeah, before we get to the news, I guess we've kind of torched the phones here uh, over the idea, among other things, that the state is just green-light anybody, um, amateurs, to get down and uh, try to kill as many of these pythons taking over the Everglades as they can. I mean, despite how deadly dangerous they can be. Yeah, for a gas card and a T-shirt, I'm not so sure I'd risk life and limb. So let's talk to Tracy in Lake Mary. Good morning, Tracy. Yes, good morning. Um, I moved uh, to Orlando uh, in 1972. When I first moved here, um, the alligator was an endangered species. Okay, now uh, you can see what's happening. Like if you go over Lake Monroe uh, in, in the middle of the night, you know. I'm not a hunter, and I'm for um, hunting uh, black bears, um, kind of thin them out. Uh, I mean, it has to be done. Uh, I mean, I don't want to kill anything. Now, as far as the guys going down the Everglade, if anybody's that stupid, you know, go for it. You know, it's, let them do what they want to do, personal freedom. That's where Yaffe's coming from on this. Yeah, same here. Uh, I, I, I just have a fundamental problem, and, and this makes Deb's hair catch fire. Um, Tracy, thank you very much for weighing in here on both these critters. With the, I'll get with the, the fire extinguisher. With the, no, nah. the, the, you'll never be able to put it out. Once it gets burning, <laughs> they just got to let it burn. <laughs> but but the idea that, that you can get fined or locked up for hunting a black bear when we have an overpopulation problem and they're too wimpy to, um, to green light a hunt, but you can go down there and uh, and get prizes, T-shirts, and gas cards for killing a snake that might kill you. This is insanity from the Fish and Wildlife Commission, in my view. Any closing thoughts, Deb? Well, I just think it's it's insanity to get, offer gas cards and T-shirts. You know, they hired um, Indian snake experts a, a few months ago, and they were able to bag more snakes in, I think, a two-week period than our hunters were able to do um, over the entire length of the first uh, first two python hunts. So if we know we have the experts out there who can come in and, and make swift work and, yeah. and have experience because it's snakes of this type are indigenous to their area, then let's use their expertise instead of sending our unprepared uh, constituents out there for a gas card and a T-shirt. Here's the, now you're on to something. What we need to do with this H-1B visa program is not let people come in and take Disney workers' jobs, bring them in from India, send them down there to clean out the pythons. I like that. Bring them in from India. That's what I'm saying. She's working for the Budman. By the way, I just, yeah, I just looked at the actual numbers um, that she was talking about from the Indians. Yeah, you're right. A thousand hunters participated in that month-long punt. They only caught 106 snakes. Uh, But in the past four weeks, this was written in February, uh, 50-something tribesmen from India caught 27 pythons. All right. So, so it only it, took right? 50 of them, and they yeah. caught 27, where it took 1,000 to catch 106 with the... Because they're not indigenous to Florida. We Our hunters don't know how to hunt pythons because we're right. not from Southeast Asia. There That's part go. of the reason why. It's also part of the reason why 
you don't need to kill black bears. There isn't an overpopulation of them yes, there is. necessarily. No, their oh, numbers there are is. climbing, okay. but there's not an overpopulation of them. Or we would see more bear-human interactions like we did a couple of years ago before we had the first bear hunt. But with these invasive species that are changing our basic ecology, like the lionfish, like the python, like the tegu lizards they're dealing with in Hillsborough County right now. They're having to warn children and pet sure. owners about these three-foot-long lizards. And this all goes back to responsible pet owners in Florida not releasing an animal that you no longer can or want to care for. Right, I agree with that. It all comes down to personal responsibility. By the way, if you want a great hour on animals of all kinds, pets in particular, Deb hosts her Animal House show Sunday afternoon at 3 here on WFLA, and it is fantastic. Thank hey, you, bud. How about we get back to the news in I the few know, moments we have left here? Well, the, the big story, of course, is a federal judge in San Francisco is blocking President Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities. The executive order threatened to cut off federal funding to cities that don't fully cooperate with federal immigration authorities. The administration uh, is expected to appeal yesterday's ruling. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Okay, executive decision, since we're so late on the clock, Yo. let's just write down a rundown what we're celebrating on this happy hump day, and I'll do the uh, dirty jeans at 830. How's that? Yeah, I can't believe what they're paying for a set, a pair of, of jeans that look like they're, you just came out of the mud. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what some we'll of the social that. media comments are, yeah. but let's talk about the fact that hump day is here. In case you didn't know, this Wednesday also marks National Pretzel Day. And if you're having pretzels and know of any administrative professionals, you might want to consider sharing. That's because today is National Administrative Professionals Day. Okay. It's also National Kids and Pets Day, National Audubon Day. Mm-hmm. But the biggest is it's Mike Yaffe's birthday. Yeah, hey, Happy hey. Happy birthday to the best producer Woo. in radio. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm old now. No, yeah. you are not. It's getting, it's getting up he there. He is moving slower this morning. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about this. <laughs> I felt a little creak in my neck when I got up. <laughs> did, just, you? Yeah. did you, did you yell at the neighborhood kids? I mean, I've been doing that for years anyway. Have you? Okay, that's good. Yeah, you are getting older. <laughs> Happy birthday, Yaffe. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. you really Happy are. birthday. You deserve the best birthday out there. Oh, he's terrific. Thank you. Yeah, yeah he really We're going to see what we can do about that a little later oh, on. Oh, yeah. The okay. Man, so he's pretty amazing. Deb, we'll catch you a little later here for more news. And... um you remember how bitter the rivalry was between Donald Trump and Texas Senator Ted Cruz during the primary season? Lying Ted! Lying all the time! Well, look who's coming to Trump's rescue potentially. Texas Senator Ted Cruz has come up with a way to free up $14 billion to get Trump's wall along the southern border built, or the lion's share of it. This is exciting stuff. Listen to this. He has introduced legislation in the U.S. Senate to use $14 billion of seized money from drug cartel kingpin El Chapo. Now, we got him from Mexico. He's going to face charges here, and we seized $14 billion in drug money. One of the main reasons we need a wall is to stop the flow of illegal drugs into this country, which are poisoning and killing our kids and Americans of all ages. It's one of the reasons we desperately need the wall. So here's the deal. Senator Cruz has introduced this piece of legislation 
that becomes an acronym, or if you use El Chapo, the drug cartel kingpin we've got, E-L-C-H-A-P-O, listen to this. It's his Ensuring Lawful Collection of Hidden Assets to Provide Order Act. He filed it yesterday, and he wants that money seized, drug money, $14 billion of it, to go to the Trump wall. It's phenomenal. As Shakespeare once famously said, politics makes strange bedfellows. I think this is a terrific move, and, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see this get some traction in Congress. And I wonder how the Democrats will turn this aside. We've got a scourge of drugs in many of their districts across the country. And here's a solution. Use the drug money for the wall to stop the drugs. If you don't think it's important to stop illegal immigrants from coming in here, or you don't care about the prospect of terrorists coming into our country across our wide-open southern border, anyone, Yaffe, would they not, Democrats? Their bleeding-heart liberals have to care about people who are addicted to drugs that come into this country across the border, heroin, etc. Why would they not support this? Yeah, I completely agree. We all know the real reason why and they the don't support is, it. Well, because it's future Democrat votes. And because I mean, it would frankly. help Donald Trump, and we certainly can't be well, doing that. Well, in terms that. of the wall, yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna oppose it just because it's Donald Trump's idea from the beginning. But I just, I love Ted Cruz's idea. And if you go to his website, he has like an email petition to say you're in for this. It's good stuff. I'm going there. What's the website, Yeah, It's uh, tedcruz.org. I'm going to sign on. You, do, <laughs> you need great. to sign on, too. We get everybody in the 50,000-watt front porch. A little bit groundswell going here. I, I agree. I agree. TedCruz.org. What an idea that is. That, that, I know. It's that, one of those things you're like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Isn't that cool? Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you on a Wednesday at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we update you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a federal judge blocks Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities and House tax cuts hit the floor. We'll have the details in one minute. You may call me heartless, but I think 500 Disney workers from Haiti and 50,000 like them across this country need to go. Go home. I'll make the case next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Wednesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. A federal judge in San Francisco is blocking President Trump's executive order on sanctuary cities for now. The executive order threatens to cut off federal funding to cities that don't fully cooperate with federal immigration authorities. The administration is expected to appeal the ruling. President Trump took to Twitter this morning to say, quote, see you in the Supreme Court. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump is reportedly set to give Americans bigger deductions on income taxes. According to the Washington Post, people who have been briefed on the tax plan Trump will outline today say it would significantly increase the standard deduction individual taxpayers can claim. The plan would also cut the corporate tax rate from 35 percent to 15 percent and lower the tax rate for small businesses that file under the individual tax code. Believe it or not, but legislative leaders in Tallahassee have reached agreement on a state budget, meaning lawmakers can hopefully conclude the two-month session on time a week from Friday. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives is moving ahead with tax cuts. Representative Jim Davis says their bill includes $300 million in savings. This House tax cut package will mean more money in the pockets of moms, dads, veterans, teachers, students, 
job creators, and job seekers. The plan includes a reduction in the tax on business rents, the end of the so-called tampon tax, and a series of sales tax holidays for veterans, hurricane preparedness, and back-to-school shopping. The House could vote on the bill as early as today. After 13 years orbiting Saturn, the Cassini spacecraft is preparing for its grand finale. Today, it starts a series of maneuvers that will ultimately send the craft flying through the rings of Saturn before crashing into the gas giant. Cassini, named after a 17th century astronomer, has sent back incredible photos and data to Earth since its launch in 1997. Cassini was launched on October 15, 1997, aboard a Titan rocket from the Space Coast and entered orbit around Saturn on July 1st. 2004, after an interplanetary voyage that included flybys of Earth, Venus, and Jupiter, the probe's final exit is expected in September. And finally, officials at some schools across the country are warning parents about a Netflix series. 13 Reasons Why is the story of a 17-year-old who commits suicide but leaves recordings for 13 people she says played a role in her decision to kill herself. Mental health experts say the intensity and graphic nature of the series may be too much for children and teenagers to handle and may especially pose a risk to young people with suicidal thoughts. One concern expressed is that the program doesn't show that depression is treatable or that help is available. The 13-part series is co-produced by Selena Gomez and is based on a book. The Centers for Disease Control says suicide is the third leading cause of death for people between the ages of 10 and 24. Groundbreaking stuff. What's your take on this and the controversy, Deb? I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm kind of shocked by the series when I first heard the tease for it this morning about you know this these this 13 seasons why you know this new Netflix series and um, I'm troubled that it would be geared toward children and teenagers and yet we have to remember that what was entertainment for us as kids, the world is such a different place. Boy, yeah, well put. It's such a different place, but you know only parents know their children well enough to know whether or not they could handle a series of this nature. Mm-hmm. So it's always should be up to the parents. The problem is so many kids are not supervised by their parents who are just kind of absentee and Even they have are. no clue. But, you know, this is, I think that's the worst thing to put in parents' minds because... They, even if your kids are supervised, if the neighbors aren't or if parents aren't home, yeah. kids know technology so much more than we ever will. They know how to get around all those parental controls. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. WFLA News Time 807. Uh, time is running out to check out News Radio 1025, WFLA's 50,000 watt front porch logo contest, just days away from picking our winner. Hopefully, it'll be you. Find out all the swag and the bragging rights at 1025. WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. The Bud Man, the Deb Meister, Michael screening calls, and a birthday boy producing Yaffe. Happy birthday once again, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, happy birthday, Mike. Thank yep. you, Deb. Yeah, one of the really good guys, and we love working with him here. Remember when he came in here? As just a wet behind the ears intern, and now he's like running the entire station. But still young and wet behind the ears. Just want to remind you, Mike, you're still young and wet behind the ears, at least from this side of the studio glass. He's getting a little bit gray above the ears, though, I noticed. I wonder who did that to him. <laughs> Here I am. I'm yeah. at him. <laughs> and proud of it. And I'm the cherry on top. Don't Absolutely worry about it. You I are. added my own. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's dive into this story that at first glance you're going to think, well, Budman, how heartless can you 
UB. You know how tough it is back in Haiti and for people who have lived there. We've got about 500 Walt Disney World workers from Haiti who've been here for years and 50,000 like them around the country, and they may be sent home. And I have to tell you, as heartless as I may sound off the top, I think that is exactly what is appropriate. And I will explain in a moment, and we'll see what you think. And here, the 50,000-watt front porch will be wide open. Agree or disagree? 407-916-5400, text line 2368. Zero. As we join you for the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning, Orlando. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 50,000 people who are working in this country but come from the Caribbean island nation of Haiti, including 500 Haitians working at Disney, may soon be sent home. They have been here since the devastating earthquake in 2010. It was horrible what happened in Haiti by any measure. So many died. So many lost the humble homes that they had and, and lost literally everything. Not that they had much. This is one of the poorest nations on earth, Haiti. They were here, brought here, under the temporary protected status measure by immigration officials for Haitian nationals. And it was a wonderfully compassionate program. It was just an absolutely horrendous situation in Haiti. And the United States did what the United States does in in ways that no other country ever has and I suspect ever will, reaches out with a compassionate heart to people who have devastating circumstances around the world. So, they all wound up working here in the United States. Not citizens, but they had protected status here. And now, U.S. immigration is recommending that that status be dropped because the situation in Haiti, seven-plus years after the big earthquake, has improved to the point where they ought to go back to their homeland. 500 of them are working down at Disney, 50,000 Haitians around the country. And I know I I almost feel heartless myself when I take this stand, but I will always tell you what I believe. I think seven-plus years is enough. This was not supposed to be permanent residency here. And it is time for them to go back and help out with the rebuilding of their homeland. It's been more than seven years. And one reason I feel strongly about that is not only how long it has been since the earthquake, but because... Down at Disney, are those not 500 jobs that American citizens might very much like to have? Are the 50,000 Haitians that are working in this country under this program not taking 50,000 jobs that Americans should have? I think this is why we've done our thing and then some, extending this temporary protected status for these Haitian nationals, and it is time for them to go. Agree or disagree? 407-916-5400 is my number, and the text line is 23680. The U.S. swung open its doors to the destitute Haitians in the wake of the devastating earthquake of 2010, but that is more than seven years ago, and now... 
They continue to extend the temporary protected status of these Haitians, and U.S. immigration under the Trump administration has decided that the situation is improved enough in Haiti that really these people need to go back to their homeland, and I really do support that. There's going to be a news conference today held by um, down at Disney, by both Disney, apparently, and, uh, and Unite Here, which is a union that represents a lot of the company's workers. They want the protections extended and the Haitians to stay here. 500 working at Disney, 50,000 in equivalent situations around the country. Here's what the Disney company says. Given the current situation in Haiti, we support efforts to extend the temporary protected status for Haitian nationals. Okay. The more than 500 cast members, they say, who are currently part of the program have been and are an important part of our Walt Disney World workforce in Central Florida. I have no doubt about that. But isn't it time for them to go back to their country so citizens of our country can have those jobs and 50,000 more like them around the United States? After seven years, I really think so. What say you? Let's bring on Ann, who was first to light up the phones from Maitland. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We we have we are a good nation and we've helped a lot of people, but it's time for them to go back to their own country. Let's help the military, the homeless military. All right. Well, that's a whole other issue, but thank you very much. I think you're right on this issue. Eric, you're in Claremont. Good morning to you from Lake County, Eric. Good morning, bud. Uh, to be politically correct, I'm a Mexican-American. Okay. I just want to be politically correct, so I don't want to offend nobody. But I agree with you. But you know what the problem is? They're going to tie it up with these courts, and they're going to say that they didn't commit a crime. They've been here. They adapted our lifestyle, and mm. they're going to get their way. They're going to go judge shopping. Everything Trump's doing, we just find a judge. Yeah, see if you can get a Ninth Circuit liberal ruling on their behalf, right? But how do you explain to American citizens who would like the jobs these Haitians are holding under temporary status and have for seven years since the earthquake? I mean, I don't know how politically you defend that. Yeah, but you you know what the problem is? There's a lot of people that in this country, I hate to say, that want us to fail. They want our system to go down, and they really don't care. But if you notice... It's like we bang to the 10%. You could have 90% approval on something, yeah. but because of 10%, we have to bow to them. Yeah, there you go. In the age of political correctness, tyranny of the minority continues to run rampant. That's a whole other topic we spend a lot of time on in one way or another. Yaffe, your take on the Haitians at Disney and across the country. Um, and also, what are you seeing coming in on that text line? Well, Bud, actually, people on the text line are making a very good point which has kind of made me think about this a little bit more. One person, a couple people have said um, Disney is annou- has just announced they have 1,000 jobs available and that they are constantly hiring and have plenty of jobs available now. So it's not like Haitians are taking American jobs because there are plenty of jobs available to Americans if they want well, them right I'm, now. I'm sorry. Do the math. Send the Haitians home. We got 1,500 jobs available to Disney. Well, I know, but people aren't taking the jobs is what they're saying. You know, if you want a job, basically, if you live around here, you want a job at Disney, you can get right. a job at Disney. So where are saying. you on the Haitians? How long are we going to extend the temporary status? We're more than seven years after the great earthquake. Well, yeah, I think at some point they need to be able to apply for citizenship. If they're if they're doing a good job and not causing any problems, I don't have a problem with them really staying. I mean, I can't I can't speak for the rest of the country and if they're really taking jobs 
in the rest of the country. I don't have the story on the rest yeah. of the country. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the uh, news conference is uh, later on today on this. Um, Got to move on. Tell you what I need to do here. Wish I could take all the calls, but the clock is uh, <laughs> is a stern taskmaster. Up next, your opportunity to win a terrific prize. Winning our sound judgment game. We play it once a day. We're going to play it in the next segment. And so we're going to clear the decks on all the calls about the Haitians right now and open up the 50,000-watt front porch for you to play sound judgment. If you want to be a contestant, great opportunity for first-timers who never call on the issue of the day. You can be a contestant. You can win. You need to call 407-916-5400, All right, Deb, let's get into it. News update for all the folks joining us here at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour on a beautiful Wednesday morning. It certainly is. An executive order pulling funding from so-called sanctuary cities is being temporarily blocked by a federal appeals court judge. The Ninth Circuit Court judge ruled yesterday that the president lacks the authority to attach new conditions to federal spending. President Trump tweeted this morning that the decision is, quote, ridiculous, adding CU in the Supreme Court. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All right. Are we this lazy as a society? All right. What's coming here? Department store giant Nordstrom is now selling fake muddy jeans to make it appear that you're not afraid to work, but without the actual working. The PRPS jeans are called the Barracuda Straight Leg and look like you've put in a hard day on the job in the mud. (laughs) However, the person wearing the jeans will actually pay $425. What? Without tax. That's Nordstrom's. For the honor of fooling the public. Unbelievable. I mean, these are squeaky clean jeans that look like my jeans that I paid 20 bucks for five years ago that I use when I'm gardening and, and wipe garden. my hands down the front of the legs exactly. and you can see the dirt. According to the Nordstrom website, the jeans, <laughs> quote, embody rugged Americana workwear that's seen some hardworking action with a cracked, caked-on coating that shows you're not afraid to get down and dirty. Yeah, right. Many of the comments on the site ridicule Nordstrom. Hipster Joe writes, quote, I love that I can now fake a work ethic. Can I get one with fake oil stains? I want to pretend to be a car guy. Oh, man. Well, uh, rural economist chimes in, quote, gotta love being able to look like I've had to, like I fed the pigs, helped deliver a calf and get the tractor unstuck without ever having to leave my BMW. Love it. Amazing. You know what, though? Here, here's the really scary part. Nordstrom's would never put that out there if they hadn't done market research that indicates they can make money on them. Oh, without a doubt. Some fool's going to be walking around in $425 jeans thinking the public doesn't realize they're an idiot for paying $425 jeans to look like you crawled out of the mud. <laughs> plus, plus, they're ugly. The best quote I've seen on this, though, is from Mike Rowe, who oh, uh, yeah. from Dirty Jobs from Dirty fame. Jobs. Yeah, he said the jeans are a costume for wealthy people who see work as ironic, not iconic. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that's why he's that a big is. it's a big time player. We love Mike Rowe. He's yeah. great. Michael, what he about is. the four hundred and twenty five fake muddy jeans? Well it depends on how it makes my butt look. <laughs> it all comes down to that, doesn't it? I mean if it looks good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Not sure Maybe why you'd want see your... if they could smack the mud off of it. Well, why now... would you want your butt to look muddy? I don't know. I, I it's okay. <laughs> you now... and I need to hang out, dude. You and I just <laughs> need to hang out. That's all I can say. I'm just gonna go down to Goodwill. Get a bunch of jeans for 10 bucks. That's, uh, that's what a real designer would messy. do. That's what a real designer would do. Instead of going and handing $425 yeah. 
for a pair of jeans that will most likely not make it through your first load of laundry. But that's not all. If the muddy jeans don't get you, how about remember when Topshop released those partly plastic jeans? No. Yeah, well, they they were ones that had windows cut out just for your knees. (laughs) Windows? Yeah. Well, they've just released some more clear jeans. But this time, it's not only your knees getting a window. The Moto Clear Plastic Straight Leg Jeans are made entirely out of plastic. Boy, that that sounds uncomfortable. Sounds hot in Florida, too. Can you imagine wearing plastic jeans and sitting on your leather seat in the middle of the day in August in Florida? You'd melt into the seat and be trapped in your car forever. If it were my car, it would smell (laughs) like some fat bat bacon. I could tell you that right now. (laughs) According to Topshop, they thought the jeans, which retail at a paltry $70 compared to $425, were, quote, out of the ordinary and guaranteed to get people talking, which we totally agree with. We're just not sure it will be for the right reason. (laughs) I thought jelly shoes in the 80s were a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Plastic jeans. This is crazy. Isn't it? Yeah, but somebody's figured out there's a market for it. Yeah, I guess. Can't imagine. Maybe not in Florida, though, huh? (laughs) Deb, thank you. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with the amazing news (laughs) that you'll hear no place else, along with all the stuff you need to know. Twice an hour and top and bottom of the hour whenever it breaks right here from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The daily sound judgment game is coming right up. And if you want to play, there's only one thing you can do, and that is call this number right now, 407-916-5400. A valuable prize, a tremendous prize up for grabs for our winner, and we'll play sound judgment in a moment. We'll also update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and that happens in only two minutes, so we hope you'll stay right where you are here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Time to, time to award a great prize to the daily winner of our fantastic sound judgment game. Michael, what are we playing for today? Our winner today not only gets a pair of tickets, they get a pair of special producer tickets to the International Christian Film Festival May 4th through the 6th at the Wyndham Resort in Orlando. There'll be an opening night party to attend, red carpet, award ceremony, networking, seminars, and you will get to showcase over 70 films throughout the event. For more information, go to www.internationalcff.org. You're going to be like a superstar down there, and it's the largest Christian film festival in the world, and it's right here in Orlando, and you're going on us with those amazing producer passes. If you have the right answer to our sound judgment question, um, I think we're ready to go. Let's play the game. For today's sound judgment game, we put the spotlight on a sports star announcing his retirement. want you to listen to a little bit of sound from his emotional announcement yesterday. Then use your sound judgment to tell me who's talking here. I'm so uh, blessed and fortunate on as far as what I was able to achieve. Um, but I'm very sad because I know that it, um, I'm, you know, and let a lot of, you know, it's definitely disappointing for a lot of people to wake up to that news this morning. I know we've got a lot of fans that are very uh, sad. All right, who is that talking? If you know the answer, you'll be our winner. Let's start on line four. Go ahead, line four. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes, that's our winner. Yaffe, where's the crowd? I need cloud reaction to confirm this. Do we have it? No, that's not going to (laughs) work. There we go. Absolutely. I had the wrong thing up on my screen. (laughs) Oh, Yaffe. You see, you're another year older. He's celebrating a birthday here, and you're just starting to lose it, man. It happens. It happens. It's uh, slowing down. It'll happen to me someday, too, you know. 
Anyway, uh, congratulations. You've won those producer passes to the biggest Christian film festival in the world here in Orlando. I hope you're excited. I'm psyched. I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely great. How did you know that was Dale Earnhardt Jr.? You've been following the news, huh? Yes, I heard it on the news yesterday. Yep, fantastic. So we reward the best audience in talk radio, and the folks who stay connected to the news can win sound judgment on the very first call, and you have done it. I'm going to write you a note to come along with those producer passes to the festival if you'll be kind enough to give me your first name. Mary. Mary, where are you calling from, dear? Claremont. Excellent. And you're going on us. We're really glad to have you a party. Good morning, Orlando. It's nice that you listen to us in the morning. We thank you for that. I love your show. Yeah. Well, we love you too, Mary. You're delightful, and you're our winner. I'll put you on hold. Michael will work it all out, and we'll make it happen. Okay. I'm getting all these happy birthday wishes on the text line yes. and on my Facebook, and, and it was and, distracting me. And well, I understand that. I mean, you know, the pro Yaffe movement, I mean, it's exploding, particularly on your birthday, which we're celebrating today, which is just great. And I understand that there's another cause for celebration because people are actually yes. getting your name right. <laughs> yes, it's the best birthday present ever, actually, on the text line. All but one person. I did get one yappy. But by far, everyone else, and I got a bunch of texts, got, got my name right. And there are, so a lot are spelling it right, too. Yeah, I go around town and they say, hey, how's Yappy? You know? <laughs> uh, I'm shocked. I'm yeah. getting them all named right. Y-A-F-F-E-E, Yaffy. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Just think buddy. Laffy Taffy, Yaffy. Exactly. I've been called that my whole life. Daffy, so. whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good deal. We've got a winner on our sound judgment game, but we're not done yet. Would you believe somebody's come up with a $14 billion solution to funding Trump's wall? That and a bit more on what I know about the sudden agreement on a budget for the state of Florida, a spending plan for the upcoming year. Some commentary on that. And if you want to weigh in on either topic, we've been talking about them both early this morning. 407-916-5400. Michael will reopen those phones in a minute. 407-916-5400, or the text line is always open at 23680. So Florida lawmakers finally, after being at each other's throats in an impasse on the state budget, which is the only thing the Constitution mandates that they do in the legislature with their annual session, pass a budget, they finally got it done. They got together last night in the Senate and the House on what looks like a compromise spending plan for the upcoming fiscal year to the tune of about $83 billion. The pork-laden liberal, more liberal Senate won an $85 billion in spending, and the House was down around 81 They met in the middle at $83 billion. I'll tell you, one of the losers was Governor Scott. He's down in, a, in, in Argentina. I don't know whether he's out of earshot or not. My guess is he knows exactly what's happened. He got exactly zero funding for Enterprise Florida, the state's economic development agency, um, and and he only got a fraction of what he wanted and what Visit Florida that promotes state tourism has gotten before. And he also did not get his $618 million in tax cuts aimed mostly at businesses. So they really stuck it to the governor. Um, on the side of the conserv- more conservative House, Speaker Richard Corcoran uh, got uh, $200 million for something we support here, his Schools of Hope plan to entice charter school operators, the top ones in the country, to come in here and set up shop along chronically failing schools to give people in these areas with failing schools some kind of an alternative to the level of education they're getting 
in their local public school. That we like. Senate President Joe Negron um, got his reservoir money uh, for the big reservoir next to Lake Okeechobee where they want to store polluted water and prevent it from seeping into the South Florida waterways. And uh, he got his spending there. So some of the, um, I don't know whether you call them highlights, it depends upon how you look at them, uh, we're still spending too much money on government here in the state of Florida, uh, but at least the deal is done. Governor will have to sign off on it. My guess is he'll pare it down, you know, around the edges like they always do, and the whole thing will work out, and the session will end on schedule a week from Friday. Of all people to help Donald Trump find funding for his wall that is under fire on Capitol Hill, his former arch opponent in the primary season in the race for president, Ted Cruz, He has filed legislation to take $14 billion of money seized from El Chapo's operation, the big drug king, the big cartel guy out of Mexico that that we got, and now he's been extradited to the U.S. to face charges here. Says we got $14 billion. Let's throw it at the wall. We think it's a fantastic idea. We'll watch to see how Cruz's plan um, works out in the uh, United States Senate. Um, and, and I think, of course, the Democrats will oppose it because they're opposed to anything that might even help Donald Trump look good for one second. Um, Yaffe, happy birthday one more time, my friend. Oh, and you're you. also all over this Ted Cruz plan. This is exciting, and it's very creative. Well, yeah, I mean, I got a text in, though, that was saying that they were afraid this would take money away from drug enforcement agencies or whatever. But I believe the bill was only going after El Chapo and his funds, not right. necessarily right. all of them. Exactly. That's exactly right from what I understand. From yeah. what I understand. From what I read, yeah. yeah. You're going to take a little bit of time off here. Tom Benson will be producing until you come on back. And you certainly that deserve right. that. You work awfully oh, hard. Thank you. And enjoy a great rest of your um, your birthday celebration. We, um, we also have our, our podcast, all kinds of stuff that you put together for folks to go see on our website, 1025wfla.com, right? Yep, 1025wfla.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab. I'll post the podcast shortly after the show. It's fantastic. And by the way, top of the hour, before you hear Deb again with the news, listen for the key word in our Make America, Make Your Wallet Great Again contest off the Trump saying, Make Your Wallet Great Again contest. You can win $1,000 cold cash in our texting contest. Keyword coming right up. And it's the last week to enter our 50,000-watt front porch contest. You can win great prizes. Go to 1025wfla.com, keyword porch. Busy morning here. Uh, along with the birthday boy and Michael and Deb, I'm the Bud Man, thanking you for your time, hoping you have a great day. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.